Hey, I'm Steve Holt, the senior pastor of The Road at Chapel Hills. This is The Road Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My heart is to empower you to change the world. I hope this message impacts you. All right, today's a really, really strange message. It's going to be different than one I've given before because there's so much detail involved that I'm going to have to read a lot of it because I don't want to mess it up. And if I don't do it that way, I will mess it up. So here's kind of the title of today. The title is The Great Reset or A Great Revolution, okay? And I really mean that. We have a choice today. And this is in a series. We're in Ephesians 6. So turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're calling this The Invisible War. And if you were with us last week, you heard the foundational principles of what I'm talking about, about the origin of Satan and demons. And so I went through and and explained that as best that I could in the short time that we had. But if you weren't there, to really give, I mean, a little bit more uh, depth to what I'm talking about, you should go back and listen to that message. But look at Ephesians 6.12, and I'm just going to camp here today. And then next week, we're going to get very, very practical. So let me just say this about the message today is... It's a lot of information on the... How many of you have heard of the Great Reset? Raise your hand. And then half of you are going, because you said it last week. Okay. But um, how many think you understand what it is in relation to the World Economic Forum? Would you raise your hand? All right. I think we're the smartest church in America. I know we're the smartest church in Colorado Springs. Anytime I make a mistake, you guys remind me of that. And, um, and I mean, when I, I mean, because I do, I make a lot of mistakes, okay? So, um, so the choice before us, and everybody in this room is going to know what we're talking about. I'm assuming in preparing this message that most of us don't understand it completely. So I'm hoping, my desire, my goal is that after our time together, you have a pretty good grasp on what the Great Reset is, and you understand Um, the depth of what demonic activity is happening around our world. But I'm not going to get practical, okay? I'm just going to tell you, I I mean, I'll allude to some practical things, but I'm really not going to get super practical today because there's just not enough time. I've cut out probably five pages of this document in preparing, and then I realized next week we'll get practical. So next week, I'm actually, during the week, I've got a, a pastor's advance Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but on Wednesday, I'm going to gather a small group, and we're going to talk about the practical outworkings of this for you. Things, the three or four, maybe five things that you can do this year to prepare for what I think is coming in the next few months, okay? So if you come away with this with fear in your heart, then I've made a mistake, okay? I don't want you to have fear. I want you to have faith, but I can't get into the practical aspects and then do this subject justice. So Ephesians six twelve we read, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we see against, against, against. I talked about this last week. This is a battle. Folks, we are in a pitched battle, an invisible war of the fourth dimension. What happened on Friday night when we did our live performance was spiritual warfare. 
When I finish up here and we all stand and we go into worship, that's spiritual warfare. It's not just goosebumps and great feelings that you get in worship as good as that is. You're actually battling in the heavenlies. When you get your family together and you guys worship together, maybe maybe it's only one song, or maybe you pray together after a meal, you do your meal, you have some time in the Word. That's spiritual warfare. And I, you know, and I've been a parent for 34 years, and we've homeschooled, we've private schooled, we've public schooled, we've done all kinds of different things. But the one component that has been always with us is that we pray together as a family, we read the word together as a family, and we worship together as a family. Not every day, but it's pretty consistent, okay? And our kids love Jesus. So there's some things that are practical that we'll talk about more next week. Now turn to Matthew 24. So in Matthew 24, Jesus is asked about the signs of his coming. And so the question always is, are we living in the last days? And um, whether it's the capital L, capital D, last days, or if it's just the laster days since yesterday, we are living in the last days. And a matter of fact, Acts chapter 2 is a challenge to us at Pentecost that we've been living in the last days since then. So yes, we are living in the last days. But are they the, the last days of the coming of the Lord? I think that Jesus wouldn't say what he said if he wasn't enabling us to look at present circumstances and be able to say, oh, that's what Jesus talked about. We should be ready and we should be prepared. So Matthew 24, let's start it up. At verse 4, take heed that no one deceives you. And in my Bible, I've circled the word, no one deceives you. That's the essence of Matthew 24 and 25, is to not be deceived. Okay? We are being deceived today, folks. You and I are being had by the legacy media. And so when I use the term legacy media, I mean that everybody's connected to each other in the media through marriage, through same political ideology, same um, uh, worldview. They're the legacy media. I like that better than mainstream media because the mainstream media, who, who defines that, you know? But legacy media are all those executives and all those prognosticators that you listen to who all sound exactly the same. So when you hear someone on a different alternative form of media that doesn't sound like all the others, then that's probably someone who's actually a truth seeker. But if they all sound and they're all puppeting the same thing, they're all parroting the same things, they're just little puppets of the great reset. So Jesus says this, don't be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will declare and will deceive many. There's that word again. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning, just the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 
And you can juxtaposition that to 2 Thessalonians 2. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this is really the fun part. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. And that's why I'm saying that it's the great reset or a great kingdom of God revolution. We've got to not lose sight of the ball. We've got to stay on the ball. You know, John Wimber in the vineyard movement, when I was his assistant there in Anaheim Vineyard and all that back in the day, he used to always say, what game are we in? Are we winning? Are we scoring? And so really the game, the, the part we're a part of is bringing the kingdom bringing the kingdom into politics, bringing the kingdom into education, bringing the kingdom to our families first. That's the most important thing. Bringing kingdom to the church. The church is not preaching the kingdom by and large. So here's the disclaimers for today. The disclaimers are, it's a lot of information. I'm gonna cover a lot. I'm gonna talk really fast. It's a complex topic, and I'm gonna try to give some time to definitions, okay? So you'll understand that. So what we're experiencing was prophesied by Satan, prophesied by God, Satan knows that this is the end times. He knows that, and he's still trying to wiggle his way in, but God told us in Matthew 24, if you read the entire chapter, if you compare that to aspects of Daniel and the book of Revelation, this has been prophesied. Now, here's what's interesting. So, if you look, if you were uh, astute of history at the time, very few were, but in 1925, there was a corporal who was in a prison, who started to write a book called Mein Kampf, and his name was Adolf Hitler. And in Mein Kampf in 1925, he actually telescoped out what he was going to do, but hardly anybody read it. That's what I think is similar to what's happening right now, is that a guy named Klaus Schwab, who is the founder and the president of the World Economic Forum, WEF is how I'm going to refer to it the rest of the message, by and large, WEF, has been telescoping for years what he calls the Great Reset. Alongside Klaus Schwab is Thierry Mallorette, co-founder and main author of the Monthly Barometer, the Monthly Barometer. And the most eye-opening book, this is interesting, COVID-19, The Great Reset, which, by the way, came out in the summer of 2020, which means it must have already been researched before the supposed pandemic occurred. Just a coincidence. So Klaus Schwab is considered by some to be the most dangerous man in the world. The most dangerous. He's the one who coined this phrase, by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy about it. But what he means is he will own everything and he will be happy about it. He started the World Economic Forum, made up of the world's most successful billionaires and working alongside governments all over the world. The goal of the WEF to completely control the entire globe. You'll be completely controlled by the government, big tech, because you'll be completely, listen, you'll be controlled because you'll be completely dependent on the government and big tech. So let me give you six facts checks real quick fast quickie fact checks you guys heard of fact checks right okay usually that's by those who are disciples of the left but let me give you six fact checks about the wef and i'm gonna i'm gonna lump these together you guys wef globalists and billionaire elites so i kind of lump those into kind of one cabal so it's going to be wef globalists and billionaire um, elites. A few things you need to understand about who's pulling the levers for world dominion. Fact check number one, and these are facts, okay? So I went through and I had about 20, but I narrowed it down to six. 
Number one is technology is their God. That's really important. Technology is their God. They worship at the altar of technology, and most consider themselves atheists and hate Christianity. Since Christianity is the most powerful religion in the world and the fastest growing religion in the world, don't, don't listen to anything about Islam. Islam's growing fast too, but it's growing fast through procreation. They have huge families. But the, but the religion, if we want to call it that, I don't like to call it that, but we'll just call it that for the sake of how the ad goes, as it were, out there, that the religion of Christianity is exploding worldwide. So you can imagine if you have a desire for world dominion and we have a desire for world dominion because Jesus told us, go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel and that the kingdom is going to be preached in every nation of the world and then the end will come. We just read that. Then there's a battle, right? And they know that and demons are behind this and so they hate Christianity. They see God in the cloud on your phone, the God of big tech, think, think, surveillance, 5G, digital e-system, cell towers in every neighborhood. Now listen to this. In logic of digitalizing and centralizing everything, the Ukrainian government launched in 2020 an application called DIA, which brings together identity card, passport, license, vaccination records, registrations, insurance, health reimbursements, social benefits, and more to millions of Ukrainian residents in 2020. As of the end of 2021, over 12 million Ukrainians were using the DIA app. Last year, President Zelensky promised rewards of a thousand, I'm not sure I'm saying this right, hervnia, or about 30 euros, about one-tenth of a typical monthly salary if the citizen would provide full vaccination to DIA. Fact check number two. They're actively working for a one world order. They're actively working for a one world order. They don't believe in the sovereignty of individuals, nations, and want to erase all borders, gather all nations into a one world government. Thus, you see what Biden's doing on the southern border. Isn't it, isn't it ironic that we're all so just fired up to go help the Ukrainians because the Russians are coming across the border and yet we've got illegals in the millions coming across our border and we're doing nothing about it. Talk about the epitome of a hypocrisy. Think new world order, one world government, and open borders. It was, listen to this, it was Walter Cronkite 50 years ago and President Obama 10 years ago who said America must learn, quote, to give up her American sovereignty. This is what President Joe Biden said this week. And I quote, quote, now is the time things are shifting. There's going to be a new world order. We've got to unite the rest of the free world and do it. So Joe Biden is a puppet to big tech, big pharma, and elite billionaires. They're running things, not him. Like anybody's surprised, right? Did you listen to a speech to the, to the soldiers in Poland? Holy smokes, what an idiot. Okay, fact check. Fact check number three, fact check number three. The elite, this is really important, number three. The elite hate free enterprise, private property, and free speech. You cannot, listen guys, you can't usher in a one world government if you have strong nations like China, Russia, and the US. So you've got to neutralize them in some way. 
Now, this is really important. Okay, after the collapse of the old Soviet Union, the left had to reinvent its Marxist socialist agenda. Let me give you my definition of socialism. This is my definition, so I think it's pretty accurate. Socialism is the control of the means of production. Socialism is the control of the means of production by a small group of people. It's the elite who have all the power. They control the factories, the schools, the health care, and the people. That's what socialism is. But that's not what the left is trying to do now. They already know that people are smart enough to see what happened with the dropping of the Iron Curtain in 1991. So I'm going to call it the new socialism. The new socialism is using tax and regulation to accomplish the definition I gave you for socialism. Using tax and regulation. And I'm going to call this the American oligarchs. The new American oligarchs. Oligarchs are people who are using monopolistic tactics to dominate an industry. They possess political and media power to promote their own interest. They control decision-making over a nation to promote their own interest and to fill their own pockets. They hate free enterprise, private property, and free speech, and any government or company that they cannot control. They hate it all, okay? They hate the American way, they hate American exceptionalism, and they especially hate our Constitution. So anything you see that's an attack on that, that's where it's coming from. So American oligarchy. Let me give you my definition. I'm I'm making some of this up for this message. So you're not going to find this anywhere else. But I I think it's accurate. So you can check me on this. But I'm going to call it American oligarchy. It's the new socialism of the left strategy to tax and regulate companies and individuals to the point where they have to increase the price of their goods. Anybody notice that? At the gas pump. Anybody notice that on your, on your food supply? So there's a, there, what I heard today um, is that there could be by August a tripling of all of the food costs coming. And guess who they're going to blame it on? Russia and Putin. That's who they're going to blame it on. That's what this is all about, gang. Okay? So the left strategy is to tax and regulate companies then guess what a company has to do if it's going to survive? They have to raise their prices. So guess who's the savior who comes in and says, you can't do that to the people, the same people who tax and regulated them. That's how you start to gain control. So imagine right now, let me just say this. The WEF, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me listen to to this. The WEF is designing a worldwide digital e-system that will monitor all of your behavior, purchases, and beliefs, even your very own DNA. So what's happening is that, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, is that as you tax and regulate a company, company has to increase its prices, then, listen, you throw in the green. You bring, you bring in all of the environmental stuff on top of that, and they can regulate you again. The laboratory countries for this are Ukraine and China. Calling it, Schwab calls it the fourth industrial revolution, citing Justin Trudeau and saying it must be forced upon the people. That's a direct quote from Klaus Schwab. Fact check number four. Fact check number four. They believe the population must be reduced. How many remember the movie Logan's Run? 
Okay, so what's going to be happening increasingly is that you can only live so long and then you're exterminated. They believe the planet is overcrowded and population should be reduced. Think infanticide, abortion, and more and more dangerous untested vaccine, i.e. COVID shot. Fact check number five. Their cover is all things green. Now, let me just say, I, I, I believe in, our, in being responsible in our planet. I'm an outdoorsman. I hunt and I fish. I love clean streams. I love unpolluted air. I mean, I lived in Tokyo, which was the second most polluted nation in the world when I was living there in the 1980s for 10 years. So I used to come home and I could just wipe my skin, you know, with a wipe, you know. We had, some, we had kids, so I had the wipes, you know. And it would just be black because it was just, because, so I believe in regulating pollution and stuff. This is different though. This, this new green uh, emphasis, especially coming out of the United Nations and out of the Biden administration is a cover-up. Their cover for most of their activities is climate change, overpopulation, and green legislation working closely with the United Nations. They bypass Congress and Congress lets them. The Democrats and Republicans let them get away with it. There's only a few bold leaders, actually, not very many on this. Here's what I mean by that. Like Biden did with OSHA in mandating the shot, Biden is now working with the SEC to bypass Congress and start legislating green regulations on all of us. Chief economist for the Securities and Exchange Commission, that's the SEC, announced on, listen, March 4th, this is within the month, March 4th, 2020, well, 2020, so it was a year ago. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. The creation of a climate and ESG task force in the Division of Enforcement. Listen to this. Acting Director Kelly Gibson said, now listen to what I'm going to say. It's really important. I'm going to read it kind of slow. Consistent with increasing investor, that's important, investor focus and reliance on climate and ESG-related disclosure and investment, the Climate and ESG Task Force will develop initiatives to proactively identify ESG-related misconduct. She said, with scope one, two, and three, means even your suppliers will be investigated for their carbon footprint and other related environmental matters. That means private companies, you guys. The Congress would never get away with this. But the left has figured out we bypass Congress and we use this organization outside of our government, OSHA, in the case of shot mandates, and the SEC in related environmental stuff. So let's say, you know, you've got a company. You've got tractors. You've got stuff that you do with your company. And they're going to start to come in with regulations, and they're going to say this, this, and this has to change or we're shutting you down, and we're not just after you, we're after whoever supplies you. I mean, that, guys, that's the kind of tyranny that we're starting to deal with. They will start to target you if you don't follow the left's environmental plan. Fact check number six. Now, this is really important. I'm going to hit on this a couple times in a couple different ways. This is probably the main point. The best government, they believe, will be capitalism with Chinese letters capitalism with Chinese letters. They are actively working to create a one-world government built on capitalism with Chinese letters, which means Chinese-style capitalism. It is socialism, communism, Marxism, and totalitarianism all wrapped and cloaked 
under the new cool name, The Great Reset. I actually think that was a kind of a cool name. When I first heard that, I went, wow, that's kind of cool. But that's what it is. It's socialism, Marxism, totalitarianism, all wrapped up with a new name. They want to reset the world order. They meet every year in Davos, Switzerland, comprised of more than 400 major firms and 70 nations. At the recent WF meeting, some of the keynote speakers have been Jinping Ping, General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, Ukrainian President Zelensky, and Bill Gates. And by the way, do y'all know that Bill Gates is now the largest landowner in the world of farmland? Which I'm sure he's doing that for our good. So what is the Great Reset? The Great Reset means addressing the weakness of capitalism and resetting the world's governments into a Chinese-style system. It is rebooting the operating systems of democracy and Marxism. Klaus and globalists discovered that the best way to do a great reset was to create a worldwide problem that would cause people to give up personal rights and need more government control. In May 2018, the WEF collaborated with John Hopkins Center to conduct, let me, I'll just give you the title, CLADE, C-L-A-D-E-X, CLADE X, CLADE 10, a simulation of a national pandemic. So this is May 2018. The outbreak of a novel para-influenza virus and how to prepare for an epidemic that would kill 30 to 40 million people in the United States. In October 2019, the WEF collaborated with John Hopkins Center and the Bill, Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on yet another pandemic exercise called Event 201, which simulated the outbreak of a novel coronavirus. This was two months before the outbreak of COVID-19 in China becoming news and five months before the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic. Michael Rickenwald, Chief Academic Officer, American Scholars Rights, the Clade X, the Clade 10, and Event 201 simulations anticipated almost exactly how the COVID crisis would occur, and most notably, the responses of governments, health agencies, the media, tech companies, and elements of the public. It also included, in its emphasis, social media censorship of divergent opinions and views, which would now be called misinformation. The flooding of social and legacy media with supposedly authoritative sources, widespread riots, and mass unemployment. Tied closely to the Great Reset and the COVID response was climate change. Working closely with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, on June 19th, 2019, they formed a partnership with the WEF. In June 2020, the WEF announced the Great Reset official launch when Schwab and Mallard published their book on COVID and the Great Reset. The book declared, COVID represents an opportunity that can be seized. We should take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity to reimagine our world. The moment must be seized to take advantage of this unique window of opportunity for those fortunate enough, that's not you and me, 
to find themselves in industries naturally resilient to the pandemic. So take a moment here to think big tech, like Apple, Google, Facebook, and Amazon, who have made billions during the planned demic. Think big pharma like Johnson & Johnson, Roach, Merck, and Pfizer, who needed a vaccine to make their billions. So you guys, are you, you're following me. Am I, am I moving too fast? Let me just explain what's happening here. This guy was writing a book about it. They did two simulations, one in 2019 and one in 2020. Exactly what happened. And when you read the simulations and you read the report, it's exactly what happened. What a coincidence. We're being had. We're being had. So how... Has COVID-19 been the perfect cover for the Great Reset? A few points. Number one, COVID reveals how easily the general population could be manipulated and controlled through fear. Schwab and Maller at Wright, quote, The past five centuries in Europe and America have taught us that acute crises contribute to boosting the power of the state. It's always been the case. And there's no reason it shouldn't be any different with the COVID-19 pandemic. Most in the United States have been manipulated and controlled through fear with mandates and vaccines in the name of safety and health. You want to hear an interesting story, a little sidelight? Africa is really interesting. Guess what percentage of Africa has been vaccinated? 4%. Guess what continent, guess what continent has the lowest COVID rates? Africa. In other words, the natural immunities that all of us already know in the road, you guys that follow what we said, is still the healthiest way. But you can't make billions of dollars off of people and you can't create fear if you actually realize that God created your body to actually be able to fight this virus naturally. The Africans understand it better than us. Number two, COVID pulverized the middle class. COVID pulverized the middle class. During COVID, the WEF, Big Tech, Big Pharma, the Bill, Gate, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in cooperation with Anthony Fauci, pulverized the middle class and engineered the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. In 2020, workers lost $3.7 trillion, while billionaires gained $3.9 trillion. Some 493 individuals became new billionaires, and an additional 8 million Americans dropped below the poverty line during COVID. Number three, COVID enriched the elite, which I'm calling the Great Reset Robber Barons. The Great Reset Robber Barons. The biggest winners, what I will call the Great Reset Robber Barons, through the lockdowns and the censoring of critics were big tech, big pharma, big data, big telecom, big finance, and big media like Michael Bloomberg, Rupert Murdoch, Viacom, and Disney. Silicon Valley internet titans like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Eric Schmidt, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, Larry Ellison, and Jack Dorsey. Ellison's wealth increased by $34 billion. Mark Zuckerberg's by $35 billion. Google Sergey Brin by $41 billion. Jeff Bezos by $86 billion. Bill Gates by $22 billion. And that came out of our pockets. Number four, 
COVID revealed the monopoly of big pharma on U.S. healthcare. Not only have these men and companies raped the common man, even our healthcare industry has been systematically destroyed by Anthony Fauci and big pharma. When Fauci took office in 1984, America ranked the world's healthiest nation in the world. By 2001, according to the Commonwealth Fund, America ranked last among industrialized nations for healthcare in every category, and that still remains the same. So for 20 years, we're last in industrial nations in our healthcare. And I know from being all over Asia and being all over, you know, and being in Japan and all over Asia and different countries, I've been in all kinds of clinics, man. And I can tell you, you go in those clinics and the, the basic, I mean, in non-Christian, pagan countries, Buddhist countries, Shinto-driven countries, at least the doctors understand your body can heal itself. And so the tendency is not pharmaceuticals in those nations. Now I'm talking about in the 80s and 90s when I was there. I don't know how it is now because there's, such a, there's so much pressure to uh, conform to the big pharma stuff. I will note this, and I don't know the stats on this. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is Japan did not, do, um, did not uh, pulverize the population with mandates on the shot and had very, very few COVID deaths in that country. Because they, they just have a, a general resistance to that because they believe the body can heal. Isn't that funny? We're supposed to be like, we're like the Christian country and everything. And yet it's the non-Christian countries in many cases that understand better about how the body can heal itself. Listen to this. This is really important. Under Fauci, we have seen a tripling in vaccines administered to the American people. And the allergic autoimmune and chronic illnesses have mushroomed to afflict 54% of our children. Fauci has given no explanation as to why some 80 new autoimmune diseases have cropped up since he started his vaccine entourage, including juvenile diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, Graves' disease, and Crohn's disease, which were practically unknown prior to 1984. Suddenly, they're epidemic all over our nation. The same companies are working together with a vision of weakening the individual liberties and health of the general population. They don't care. So in the name of health and safety, they're making us more and more unsafe and unhealthy. You got to understand this, folks. You are going to have to choose to do your own research. And next week, I'll talk about practical ways we, we can do that. I mean, we, we, we are a city on a hill. There's no reason this city right here called The Road can't be the healthiest, most vibrant, most wealthy, most powerful city in Colorado. Okay, now let's, let's get down to definition. So the Great Reset is capitalism with Chinese letters. Here's what, let me give you a quote. This is from, again, Michael Reckenwall, Chief Academic Officer, American Scholars. The Great Reset represents the development of the Chinese system in the West, but in reverse. Whereas the Chinese political class began with socialist political systems and then introduced privately held for-profit production, the West began with capitalism and is now going to begin to implement a Chinese-style political system. This Chinese-style system includes vastly increased state intervention in the economy, on the one hand, and on the other hand, 
the kind of authoritarian measures that the Chinese government uses to control the population. In brief, the Great Reset is stakeholder capitalism. You should write that down. It's really important. It's stakeholder capitalism involving behavioral modification of corporations to benefit not shareholders, but stakeholders. Individuals and groups that stand to benefit or lose from corporate behavior. It entails large corporations' interests working closely with the government by intervening to manipulate the economy to monopolize the control over the common people and cancel out all dissenters. I.e., what's happening right now is just make more money. Just keep producing, just keep making more money in Washington. Another way of describing this is capitalism with Chinese characters, a two-tiered economy with profitable monopolies and the state on top and socialism for the majority below. Kloss wants a Marxist communist state fueled by capitalism. Guess who the slave labor is? Us. Guess who the peasants are for the king? Us. It's feudalism in the third millennium. There you go. I mean, I got more. I, that's, that's, that's enough. I'm looking at the time. That's enough. So, turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. Let's end on a really, really positive note. Okay, Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is one of the great chapters of the Bible. Excuse me, Psalm 2. I want to look at Psalm 2, verse 1. Psalm 2, verse 1. About the end times and how God views what's happening. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Isn't everything that I'm saying a vain thing if God's in charge? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together, the cabal, the WF, the great reset, against the Lord and against his anointed, against his church, saying, ah, let us break their bonds of pieces and cast away their cords from us. But he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Men and women, in the midst of the raging nations, God is setting up his king and his kingdom with churches like this where we don't, we don't give in. We hold the line. So on May 20th, Sean Foyt, Lauren Bobert. Eric Metaxas are coming here, and we're having a conference called Hold the Line, called Hold the Line, and it's going to be a one-day intensive, and we'll talk more about it later, but um, we're going to have some of our county commissioners up here, we're going to have some of the pastors that we've worked together and collaborated together, um, and we're going to do a bunch of different stuff. It's going to be like from one in the afternoon to six on Friday, May 20th, and it's going to be powerful. Because we gotta, we gotta bind together, we gotta work together, we gotta be united. It's not time to shoot each other in the back. 
It's not time to say bad things about other churches or bad things about other politicians. We've got to unite. Yeah, there's bad and all that. But the kingdom, according to Romans 16, is righteousness, peace, and joy. So we we live with righteousness, peace, and joy. Not everybody's going to get on board. Not everybody's going to have the same eschatology as us. Not everybody's going to worship the same way we do. Not everybody believes. I mean, I just did that that debate down there at um, that coffee shop with like 100 guys there and and ladies too, but mainly guys, and it was really fun. It's it's signs and wonders for today. And And one guy was was saying, no, that God doesn't do signs and wonders anymore. He doesn't do miracles. And then I, I had the, the pro side. And we had a great, you know, debate. And nobody got upset. But everybody out there could make their own decision. What if we did that more? What if we actually tried to work together as Christians? And even if we don't, every, every, every little piece in doctrine all lined up exactly. We never will until the coming of the Lord anyway. And I'm not talking about the essentials. To me, the essentials are like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. We, got, we, can't, we can't give up on that. But there's so many other things. There's churches that we work with in the pro-life movement. I wouldn't go to their church, and they wouldn't come to my church. But on pro-life, man, we're united. You hear what I'm saying? Okay? And so, and so the same thing on school boards, same thing politically and stuff like that. But in the church, we should be leading the charge. We should be the people. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. And he's promising us here. He laughs at this stuff. You think Jesus is up in heaven wringing his hands and walking around the throne going, Father, you got to do something. <laughs> Father, Holy Spirit, you got to do something, man. They are really messed up down there. No, it's all, I mean, I, I say this with all honesty. It's playing into God's hands. But that doesn't mean... But that doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility in it. I mean, some of the eschatology out there, oh, well, the Antichrist is going to come, and it's all going to hell anyway, you know, and all that. I hate that stuff. That defeatist kind of mentality, it's like they don't feel like they need to do anything. Have you read all of Matthew 24? I mean, it says what you're supposed to do. It says you better be ready. Matthew 25 is all about getting ready. And we'll talk about that next week. Haggai 2, and I, and I prophesied this, you know, a year and a half ago when we went through the book of Haggai, right in the middle of the pandemic, the pandemic. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Number two, God is shaking the nations for a kingdom of God revolution. So he is shaking the nations. And in so shaking the nations, folks, he's bringing them to the church. We're going to see a revival we're going to see people getting saved. We're going to see people getting healed. We're going to see signs and wonders like the world has never seen before. On our watch. <laughs> Hebrews 12. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that has created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Number three, God is shaking your life 
Hopefully, I shook it a little bit today. God is shaking your life so you'll embrace the unshakable kingdom. Sometimes you have to be shaken up a little bit to be awakened a little bit. And I've told this story. You you probably get sick of me hearing it, but it's a good story. You know, when we go hunting, we get up early, man, like 4.30 to, you know, get out there on the mountain and stuff. I sometimes have to shake my kids to wake them up. That's what God's doing to the church. So he's shaking us to awaken us to what he wants to do. And for those that are awake, God's going to bring revival. I can feel it in my soul. And you guys know I'm not that. I pray that you that know me know that I'm not a hype it kind of guy. And I don't even like to hype things. So I'm not hyping anything. But I believe the facts are there. And I believe the scriptures are clear. And I believe the time is now. God wants to awaken the church. He wants to awaken, really wants to awaken pastors, the shepherds. The shepherds need to be shaken awake. The fire in the pulpit will determine the fire in the pew. Hey, thanks for listening to The Road Podcast. It's been my joy to be a part of your life today. And you know, that's part of what we do here at The Road, and this is what I do in having this Road Podcast, is to empower people to change their world. My passion and desire is that you would take God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit and make that relevant for your life. You know, the reality is that God has placed your life here on this earth to make a difference. And if you'd like more information about how to grow in Christ, if you need prayer, if you want more equipping in different areas of your life, go to theroad.org. God bless you.